0: This is a podcast from ComediansComedian.com This is the Comedians Comedian Podcast So this is Tez Ilias. As you will hear, I've been waiting to get Tez on the show for some time and uh, it's really exciting now um, I've probably mentioned this before. When I get to the stage of this, I realise this show's been going for six years. I thought it was five, but it's not. It's six. And and now I get to see people do very early work and then see them get better and better and better. And, and Tez is now someone who is just so exciting to watch. Um, He carries himself, and we'll talk about this, he carries himself on stage like he knows he's going to be massive, which is why it's all the more laudable when he opens up about his flaws and his own uh, unconscious biases as honestly as he is about to strap in. This is going to be a really fascinating conversation. And I want to tell you as well, and I'll remind you of this in the middle bit, on May the 7th, he is doing a DVD taping at the iconic South Bank Centre on the Thames. Uh, this is the show I saw at Soho Theatre a few weeks or months ago. Um, so, I mean, I just loved it. You can hear in the interview how much I enjoyed this show. Uh, you can get your tickets from that's tezilyas.com. That's T-E-Z-I-L-Y-A-S dot And you can find him at Tez Ilyas on Twitter. So get yourself along to that DVD taping at South Bank Centre on May the 7th. But now... This is the brilliant Tez. Where should we start? I, I, every time I hear your name, the first vision of you I see is you at the wardrobe in Bristol, upstairs at the wardrobe, wearing yeah. a suit. Yes. Because I remember me and my wife were there watching and we both went... Oh hello, he's going places. <laughs> oh thanks, man. Yeah, I yeah remember yeah. that gig? Yeah, do you? Yeah, it was what two thousand eleven, twelve, thirteen, something, oh. something like that. I read on your Wikipedia page earlier that you started stand up in two thousand fifteen. Uh, and I thought, no, you didn't. I
1: mean, <laughs> <laughs> what? What?
0: Um, I
1: don't know who. I don't. I don't know who writes these Wikipedia pages. No, but yours us, is very
0: it? well done. It's it's loads of attributed quotes and like. A, I, I thought to myself, I wonder if Tens or someone in Tens is a no, <laughs> no I, I have I have
1: no idea who's done it because yeah because. Everyone who uh, everyone who asks me them, yeah, I started in two thousand and ten, uh, and I've been going full time since to the end of two thousand and sixteen. Um, but so I don't know whether two thousand and fifteen. I'm, I'm not opening with know, an know, allegation know, of match fixing. It's, 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 it's when I it's when I did my I guess it's when I did my debut show, and someone's slightly misinterpreted. misunderstood. And, how it yeah, works. yeah, yeah.
0: So, well, tell me about that gig. What was who were you
1: at that gig? Um, I was I was I was a I was a guy in my twenties working for the civil service. Uh, who'd accidentally stepped into doing stand-up comedy and was just having a lot of fun and found that he was found out quite quickly that he was quite good at it, like like decent at it, and then just thought, like, I'll, stop, I'll, stop, I'll stop speaking in the third person.
0: Um, then <laughs> no, but finally- you have to in order to say that you're good at something. You're yeah. so British, like we all are so British, you, you know, it's very hard to say... I just turned out to have a sort of natural ability to do it without thinking. Oh Christ, this is, is awful. Because yeah, it, it, I think we can take for granted your confidence and your ability. Yeah, thank you. Um, I I am. I
1: I I, I it's, a, it's a pet hit of mine is is um, modest um. You, oh, that's the word I'm looking for?
0: False modesty. Yeah,
1: false modesty. Fucking hate it. Oh, I hate it when someone comes off stage and, and they're like oh yeah that was great and they're like I am sorry. I was like no you were here.
0: Yeah, you know yeah, how good yeah. it
1: was. Yeah. So what is this bullshit? So people at school, when they were like, oh, I didn't revise. Yeah. you yeah, like, fucking revised, man. Just It doesn't matter. We all revised.
0: That's, I, I can't remember who said it to me. I wish I could attribute it, but I often think at of this time of year when people are starting like, oh, I've got nothing for Edinburgh. You're like, come on, you've revised.
1: <laughs> Jordan fucking Brooks, man. Prick. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've, I've, I, I, and I think, and I think it's not, uh, Remiss for me to say that I, I was quite good quite quickly because in my first year I was in the final of the Leicester Square Leicester Square uh, competition, BBC New Comedy Award, I won the King Gong and there a couple of other minor competitions that are not worth Which also about.
0: suggests you'd entered those in your first year. So that belies yeah. a certain amount of confidence. Like You're not hanging around going, okay, how does this work? What do I do? How long do I wait? You're going, enter, 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 enter. Yeah, straight away, I was I
1: like, I'm doing it. I did a comedy course that I came across accidentally. I was Googling writing workshops because I just moved to London and didn't have a had a few friends but you know everyone skied all over the place it's a bit it's a, it's a big lonely place so I was looking for writing workshops and I came across a stand-up workshop that ne- to say that I'd never considered it would be a lie I'd considered it in my fantasies maybe when I was doing it in the same way that one might consider being an astronaut because mm-hmm. where I come from no one works in the arts it's just not a career path
0: which is Blackburn yes Blackburn, actually. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah and uh, it's just not a career path I don't think I don't know anyone in the arts other than myself with um, for, for people who I grew up with um, and I just thought to myself well i go on this thing worst case scenario I'd meet new people and make a fool of myself both of those things I can live with and i went on this thing it was one day a week for six weeks um, run by Rob Hitchmoff
0: okay who I don't I, think I does name, I don't yeah know. I don't think he
1: does much um, stand up anymore but I think he used to and it was, I found it incredibly useful course. course um, and yeah I just did the did showcase people left in the right places and then just found the Burgeoning open mag circuit, which even then seemed to be full at capacity back in 2010, um, and yeah, and just just found that I had a bit I had a bit of a knack for it, and I, and I wrote so much in those uh, in those first few months, so much like I was just never rested on my laurels, every, like almost every gig I was trying stuff out, and then I found and then I found the five seven minutes that I then honed for competitions.
0: That's interesting. And I, I, found, think-
1: I and I was lucky to find that quickly.
0: I think probably my competition seven was everything I had of any value. Do you know what I mean? It was yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It yeah. was like, this, yeah, is, yeah, this yeah. is all I've got. Yeah, it yeah. sounds more like you were writing so hard, you were able to select yeah. the best bits. So much. But on my, my first ever gig, the, stand, the showcase, we, I think we
1: were all given five, seven minutes or whatever. I did, I did 20 minutes. Because I'd written so much. But like yesterday, my gig was the show you came to was meant to be sixty minutes. It was yes. 70, it was seventy two minutes. Yes, I, just, I have no concept financial of,
0: penalty came with your way so. <laughs> for
1: <laughs> I have no concept of time. Yeah, on stage, I, I remember just just five minutes of just going to blink overnight. I would just yeah, I would never. I think part of the reason was, cause part of the reason I've never won a competition is because my five was always an eight. Yeah, so they would never they would never let me win. Which is fine, in hindsight. I mean, by the time about... I always
0: felt, first
1: very hard done by, but by the time, yeah, I was going, yeah, I was doing eight, nine minutes.
0: There's no, there's no false modesty there. I think the reason I didn't win is I did too long. Yeah. <laughs> you, you are, I mean, it's interesting that your, your perception of time on stage, I think that's definitely true of a lot of comics, certainly early doors, you just, it just, it just disappears. The time disappears, you can't believe you've been on stage for as long as you have. But also I think you have a quality that you are so watchable. Like it it was, you know, whatever it was, a 70-something minute show last night. No one in that room needed it to end particularly. But I'm interested in in what it feels like to you in terms of like your energy level doing the show because if I say you kind of cruise through it, I don't mean that your foot isn't on the gas. Mm. I just mean that the writing is there, it's so lean the character is there it's so precise you know the character persona mm. I, it looks like you're just it looks like it's a walk in the park do you know what i mean it looks like it's easy not in the sense of lazy do you know what i mean I, I, i've no one's ever approached approaching me like that but i quite like that description
1: cuz i like i don't get nervous anymore like I, I just I'm I'm so serene. and like, there might be a bit like like maybe like five minutes before I'm going on just a little, little, little like a little butterfly or something. But I'm I'm so calm. On I'm I'm so relaxed. I think because this last Edinburgh didn't go as well for me as I intended it to. I intended this show to be my breakout show, and the show wasn't as good as it used to it yesterday. It wasn't It wasn't quite as good as that as it was in Edinburgh. So I've tweaked it slightly, um, and didn't just quite happen for me this Edinburgh. And the whole thing just calmed me down, and I'm just so much re- and I, I've seen the difference between just last August and what are we in in March what was it seven, eight months I'm such a better, more relaxed performer, and I just I just I'm just enjoying myself so much on stage and I'm just like yeah I'm just, I'm just calm and i'm not if I know what I'm doing and what I'm saying, I know my character enough to just enjoy
0: it. Talk to me about the content of the show for people that haven't heard you, people listening in, in other countries or
1: yeah, you know. um, so the show's called um, testify, and originally it was about me testifying against the assumptions that people have of me, um, uh, and the labels that I wear Asian, um, working class, northern, left wing, and Muslim. And the show kind of that was the idea of the show to explore all of those things over an hour. And then the kind of show slightly morphed into something else. So I still touch on those things. But kind of slowly... Then the most interesting... and what I realised after Edinburgh was that the most interesting bit was the McDonald's story yes. with my niece and nephew. Yes. Whereas in, in Edinburgh, that, that all came right at the end.
0: Ah, okay, okay. That I, that structure is... I can see why it's a better show for that change in structure. Yeah. Because it's such... It's, this, it's an anecdote you could tell in 90 seconds. Mm, mm. But... It's a really... It's just the backbone of the show, isn't it? God, how annoying. <laughs> yeah,
1: so annoying. And, like, when I was in Edinburgh, I was kind of like... Because the previews went better than my previous two shows. Yeah. But Edinburgh didn't go well as well as my previous... Not that it was bad, just not as good.
0: And I suppose you are at the stage now where you need a breakout show because all of the stars are in alignment. Mm. It's really interesting. What, is this number three or four? Three, yeah, three.
1: three.
0: It's really interesting because you're... the. Again, something you're really good at is um, promising big, and I don't mean that. I don't mean that you then don't achieve it. But the way you hold yourself on stage is like you're already a success. The way you talk to us is like you're already famous. You know, it's like that whole thing about calling your fans Tesbians. Yeah, yeah. Like you've like that's It's it's a joke. It's also genuine branding. Do you Mm, know what I mean? mm. Like you know, it's you've got the hashtag, you've got the 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 Twitter ID non-intrusively. Do you know what I mean? Like, you You are a businessman. Like, when I first saw you in that gig, you were wearing a suit. And I know you've said, I read a previous interview where you said that you were just coming from work. So yeah, yeah, a lot of time, a suit, yeah. But you also decided not to change out of your suit. Yeah. So it was a decision. Yeah. yeah.
1: So you... And you know why I changed out of the suit? Go on. Because of the alopecia. Right, really? Yeah. Because um, I sort of kind of lost my head to it. And I wanted to sort of insecure about it, which I talked about yesterday. So I wanted to wear these caps and didn't go with the suit. So I took the suit off.
0: Oh, so that you could wear a cap? Mm.
1: Ah. So I thought like I can't wear Trilby. <laughs> I
0: think that's probably the right decision. Yeah.
1: Um, and then I thought, actually, I quite like my look with that yeah. suit on, the, the, the more casual kind of yeah. look that I have now, which you saw yesterday. I, I really yes. like that. Um, uh,
0: tell me if this is uh, inherently offensive an assumption or an observation, but... I thought, is that post? I know you work with Guz Khan. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Is that post a little Kahn's bit? Yeah, yeah. A, when li- he's a like li- I'm representing a
1: little, a, li- a little bit. Also, I moved back home, and I thought, if I'd never gone to university and and ended up in this middle class civil service life, what would what? How would I've dressed? Yeah, and yeah. it wouldn't have been in a suit.
0: Okay, good. Uh, we'll, we'll maybe come back to that. But my, uh, the point I'm making about your. The way you carry yourself does that does that resonate for you? Yeah, just, you I, behave as, if, I've as always, if this is a foregone conclusion. Yeah,
1: I've always been confident, and I think success begets success. And if you carry yourself in a certain way, people will look at you in a certain way. Um, I, do, I, I do believe that, and I think I've always that confidence. I'm speaking in front of people. I've always had is, is speaking in front of people is never the issue. So when I started doing stand up or the course, that idea of doing stand up wasn't scary. The idea of standing in front of people and saying stuff wasn't scary. Obviously. Didn't have any materials, that, that was all new. Um, but I, I was—I've never been shy speaking in front of people.
0: And do you, do you recognise that that is different to the way a lot of stand ups yes. approach Yes. Yes. And what is that difference about? I
1: don't. I don't. I don't. Obnoxiousness. Um, <laughs> I, don't know, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know because I didn't go to drama school, so I, I don't know where it's come from. But I've always had it. I was. I was Shout out and assemb- like heckled the teacher in assembly. Not in a horrible way, but just like shout out the an- like shout out answer to, to, to rhetorical questions in assembly in front of like the whole school. Like I, yeah. I was always a pain in the ass. So, I, but I don't know where it's come from.
0: And and it's all, but it's not. It's not simply about confidence, because I, I, I don't want listeners to this to just go, okay, he's confident. It's, it is something in addition to that, which is to do with your like the way you bring yourself to comedy isn't as someone who doesn't seem to me to be a a, a typical kind of there's a thing that exists I need to find my place within it it feels like you've got time and inclination and you want to do a thing and yeah comedy might be it do you know what I mean so I I, 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 that's not that's not quite what I mean yeah go on it's more that this is simply an option for you because you're that sounds wrong as well. I'll, I'll keep deleting these until I'll, I get to the right bit. What do you What do you think? I'll I
1: mean? say that I I have never been as good at anything as I am at stand up. Okay, like there's nothing else that I'm good at. Like I was I was all right in my day job. I got by, but towards the end I was terrible because I was spending all my time thinking that I'm doing stand up. Um, love sport. Not good at a single sport. Um, I'm not particularly a great writer when it comes to like writing prose or stuff like that. I just this is the one thing that I'm.
0: I think what I'm trying to say is it's about ownership. I think I and a bunch of comics say. I'll just talk about myself. I think I approached stand up in the early days like there is this thing and I need to try and belong. Whereas I think you okay. hold yourself with an internal belonging. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, yeah, I mean. yeah. Doesn't yeah. that sound much better than yeah, the yeah, accidentally printed yeah. that I was trying to? It's almost <laughs> was like you don't really care to. Yeah. I, mean? I feel like a
1: lot of my peers um, treat comedy as an academic exercise, okay. and I like—I am not a student of the game. I don't watch that much stand-up. Before I came to stand-up, I'd never been to a comedy club. I'd, I'd been to see—I think I'd been to see um, Jimmy Carr live. I'd been to see Chris Rock live. And I think I'd been to see I'd seen the comedy store players, so I'd been to the comedy store to watch the comedy store players, uh, but I'd never seen a mixed bill of stand up at a club ever. As so all of that, all of that was new to me. I had no idea how the circuit worked. Nothing. I had no friends in it. Um, and even now, I don't watch. I, when people talk about all the Netflix specials, I don't watch. I don't watch that much. Like everyone raving up about Maria Bamford this week, I only know her because everyone raves about her, but I've not seen a single routine she's ever done. I'd like to, but I just,
0: I just don't watch that much stand-up. But, but I love it. I love it, but I just don't... I don't know what it is. Do you feel good about that? Because I, I, I always feel like I don't watch as much as I should, but that's accompanied with a kind of craven, oh, God, I must watch the new Chris Rock special yeah, that everyone's maybe. talking about... <laughs> I did watch that. Yeah, I mean, um, I do like it, but I will get round to it. Yeah. I don't know when people sit down and watch stuff. Yeah,
1: no, I don't know. Because <laughs> people watch, because some people watch everything. And, yeah. and, and they listen to every podcast that seems out there and stuff. And I'm like, I don't know if, I, I don't know if it's because I don't have the time. I probably do have the time because I procrastinate a lot. But I don't, I don't know. I just, I just don't know what, what, I don't know.
0: So, and what does that mean in terms of your, that sense of internal belonging? I think it makes me a little bit smug.
1: <laughs> I think a little bit, because I'm like, because I, cause I think to myself, like, my, my heroes, um, be it Peter Kaye or, or or Dave Chappelle or Russell Peters, they didn't grow up treating comedy in the way I think a lot of my peers treat comedy now.
0: Sure.
1: They, they did I mean, I'm sure they watched comedy, but they did it. And then they got really good at it and they carried on doing it. And that's, I'm trying to do more of that. So when my heroes, like Chappelle or Peter are a special, I will 100% watch that because they're my comedy heroes, the ones I grew up with, the ones that inspired to be a comedian and the comedian that I am and want to be. But I don't have an inclination to watch every single piece of stand-up that's ever existed um, or listen to every bit of somebody talking about comedy. Which I, 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 I think that's a little bit different to some of my peers, who who are interacting on Facebook and who seem to just digest every single bit. Who maybe they think that by osmosis they, it would make them better, but I think doing it makes you better.
0: In terms of your what what inspiration you draw, you clearly draw a lot of inspiration from your heroes. What technical things do you think you've improved upon in the light of
1: I? So when I. St- Started, actually not so much when I started I think maybe a year or two in I started going a little bit deadpan and I think that was more of a it was a defence mechanism because you know you have those bad gigs and so you stop wanting to put yourself out there because I feel like the more you, the more of a big couch you're on stage and then you die the more of an idiot you feel at least that's, <laughs> uh, at least that's yeah. how I feel if you put
0: everything on the line yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything and can get if killed, you go out yeah, like, yeah. proper
1: jazz hands and then the audience just don't want it you feel like a dick.
0: Show title for next year, Yeah, <laughs>
1: um, yeah, You feel like an absolute dickhead, and and kind of like, and I think I had, I mean, it's the middle of like having this, like a run of like tough gigs, and and so I just went increasingly more deadpan to 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 the kind of like distance myself from what I was saying. So like, if they don't laugh, obviously I don't care. And then I think I kind of ended up just doing that for about six seven months, and then I transitioned from doing. I call it the nice Sunday to Thursday circuit to getting the open spots on the on the, on the club circuit Friday, mm. Saturday nights. And it just, it didn't work. Why not? It didn't work because I wasn't selling my material in the way that it needed to be sold in front of those audiences mm-hmm. who were there to be entertained. And I learned, and initially I thought my material wasn't good enough or my material was too clever or whatever I thought it was. But it wasn't that, I just needed to sell it in the right way. So I eventually learned to say the same thing just in a different way, and one of the, I and training ground for that was up the creek really, um, who, who managed me and up the creek is one of the oldest comedy clubs in Greenwich, and is just, just doing that often enough, taught me how to deliver the same material, but to this really rowdy, drunk Essex Kent crowd, and and then eventually I learned to play, and and eventually they really enjoyed what I was doing, and I thought, oh, yeah, okay, you need to be be more yourself because you're not deadpan in real life.
0: And something I remember you saying was, uh, we talked specifically a little while ago about, it's probably eight years ago now, <laughs> and every time I say a little while, I just get horrified by the speed. I'm trying to um, think of
1: all the places we've gigged at. Um, was...
0: I think we were talking about Chris Rock and we were talking about clapping.
1: Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart, Kevin yes. Hart, take your pardon. Kevin yes, Hart. Kevin Hart. He's so, uh yeah, in terms of inspiration, like I watch, yeah, a lot of, when I do watch stand-up, a lot of it, I'm not, Watching the material so much, I'm watching the stagecraft, and and I'm saying that like Kevin Hart, who's one of the most and was one of the most animated voices in stand up, his first special, he doesn't take the mic out of the stand, which I remember watching it thinking that's for someone who's so animated seems a really bizarre choice to have made, uh, but it's, it's interesting. I think it's a really really good special. But he does this thing where when he's selling a punchline, he does this thing where he goes and the thing that I'm saying is this and I found that fascinating the emphasis that was was putting by clapping and I don't know if you say I, I do it a little bit in the in the, I think I've, 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 I've appropriated that a little bit I think
0: I think we were having that conversation because I was talking to you about the use of your radio mic which is yes. like a little tez thing now. yes um
1: my britney mic
0: yeah the britney mic which means that you can clap mm. so yeah I think I've conflated that with uh chris rock delivering the feed line twice that, yes. that, that yeah, technical yeah, yeah, yeah. trick, which maybe, that, that is something I, you, you don't do as much, I don't think. But um, yeah, but that is a really interesting, for someone that doesn't watch other stand-up, mm. that is a really interesting and specific piece of stagecraft to have picked up on. I remember someone saying to me, oh, you, do you record your gigs? And I was like, yeah, I record most of them, and I listen back to most of them, I make the effort. And uh, they said, yeah, but do you video them? And I was like, no, I don't, I don't do that. Because that is like, watching your physicality on stage is really important. And that's a really intre- I just think that's a really interesting lens through which to look at Kevin Hart is to go take the mic out of the stand, mate. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Because you're grounding your, you're, you're yeah. clipping your own wing. But the whole hour—that was his first hour—and uh, he was already famous
1: because he came out to a standing ovation. You know, like a lot of American comics do when they, before before the start a show they come out. Black comics, especially, I think. Um, and yes, yeah, so, so you're already famous, so it's not like this is this is not a, like a typical debut newcomer kind of show. Um, but yeah, that's just,
0: about, I don't. Was he already famous, or is that just clever framing whereby they've they've kind of instigated a standing ovation maybe, as you walk yeah. out on your first yeah, thing? Yeah. Because to make people go, well, he's obviously already famous because oh, of the really? standing ovation. That's that was. I, I okay. think so much of it is. What oh, we're oh, talking about. We're talking about how you frame and how. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. When yeah, you yeah, do yeah, your yeah, first yeah, DVD, yeah, yeah. if I were you, I'd engineer a standing ovation. Hundred percent. I'm I'm I'm, I'm
1: taping the show in, in in May at the South Bank. Are you great? Yes, great. I'm looking forward to that.
0: Well, now when we watch it, we'll know that it's standing. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'll put this on going, the extra content,
1: then, <laughs> but not but stupid. In this case, it actually was the standing <laughs> yeah. <all right>. ovation.
0: No, <laughs> no, mate, no, come <laughs> on. I've seen the show. Um, <laughs> yeah. Let's let's get let's get back to the show. And I'm really interested to hear this thing about wanting a breakout year, because that that to me says a lot about your ambition. And it says a lot about your honesty to be able, your humility to be able to look at it and go, that wasn't the success that I wanted to. For a show that is, I mean, undoubtedly it was excellent last night. I, re- I hadn't said this as much at the beginning yeah. of interviews <laughs> as I normally do. I loved it, and That's I fun. really, I thought you were getting big rounds of applause and big jokes. That opening set, the Punisher Muslim section at the beginning, mm. I was like. You're opening with this. That is a dick swinging move. to Go, <laughs> yeah, just have this enormous set piece. Do you know what I mean? Like and that's that you new close that, on that only came this month as well. Holy shit! Really? Yeah. Okay. Because that I'm happened. That, that happened this month. What I what I really liked about your show was that you genuinely talked about the stuff that you promised to talk about. Mm-hmm. I think um, it's possible as a comic to to have a relationship with an audience where, and I think we'd probably probably name the same people if we talked about this, where you promise a certain amount of incisive political debate and you don't necessarily deliver on that. Mm. There are a few people who I think, oh that's interesting, their their brand is that they're that guy or that lady and actually I'm not seeing that. You absolutely delivered for you. And I, I suppose it was in my mind because the poster oh there's two images I've seen for Testify and one of them is in the nice orange collarless shirt that you know nonetheless connotes Guantanamo Yeah, in a way that i was like well that's interesting like you've you've kind of gone hard on the imagery there let's see if the content matches up to it and it 100% did and it was funny throughout i thought it was an excellent show so going into edinburgh have you got a a kind of a career strategy in mind thinking this year has to be this so that xyz can handle?
1: Yeah, every every year I go in, and I shouldn't think like this, and I get keep getting told off by my management and and people that I work with. But it it is just there, gonna get nominated. <laughs> just a so, year. I mean, yeah, thanks I mean, for talking
0: know. so candidly about that. Everyone it's, pretends they nah, don't care. Shit, man. Of course, <laughs> man.
1: And I say now I don't care because I mean you can talk about that if you want, but 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 there is um yeah that is every year and and I was particularly. The last two years, I haven't been as much. I mean, last year I wasn't because I didn't. I didn't feel like my show deserved it. That at least the. I think this is the show it should have been in Edinburgh. What you saw yesterday, But it, it wasn't quite. It was ninety percent there, but it wasn't quite there. Um. So I wasn't. So not getting the nod this year was. I was like, fine. It, I didn't. This show didn't deserve it. Just what what I brought this month. Year before the show that you saw, mm-hmm. I thought. Maybe maybe could have tipped. Maybe perhaps Test talks is the one I was gutted about because that was my debut show. That was the one, the best newcomer one. That was, that was. I still, I still find it hard to hide my bitterness about how I feel about that, because.
0: Who who got nominated that year? Let's let Sophie won. Let's let's imagine for a minute it isn't etched on your soul. Yeah, so let me just think about this because it's been ages and it's not just there at the top of my head. Um,
1: so, um, it's usually edited this to make it sound like I just said it at the top of my head. Uh, no. Um, Sophie Hagen one um, Larry Dean, um, who I love. Um, Daphne, um, yeah. Phil Wang's sketch group. Yeah. Um, the t-
0: Co-owned by the other two members.
1: Yes. <laughs> um, Story
0: Beast or Midnight Beast?
1: Something Beast.
0: Story Beast. Was it a story-based? Was it John, John Henry Fowl? Yes. He was like a I solo think, story yes, I think thing. so.
1: Yeah. If it wasn't, I'm sorry. But it was something-based. Um, one of the puppies, lads, Tom Parry. Yep. Um, you know, who's only been going 15 years. Um, and had a BBC sitcom. Um, uh, who else got nominated?
0: Mate, Mickey Flanagan got nominated for the period after a 25-year yeah.
1: career. Yeah. Uh, but he hadn't already been nominated three times.
0: For best show for best show,
1: um, and there are a couple of other I can't I can't remember off the top of my head now, but you know I'm sure all those people deserved it. But it's just it was hard because it also I talked a little bit about in the show last night about where I've come from and this, and and kind of like this proper working class upbringing. I've no I had no role models that was whose footsteps I'm following. In no one that I know is in this business. I kind of like. Accidentally find myself in this thing, talking about things that I'm really really passionate about. And I feel like, I feel like people of colour in Edinburgh don't get their due when they talk about things that are important to them. And I genuinely believe that. Because I look at some of the shows I've been nominated over recent years and I think to myself, all of these issues are really important, but it's white people talking about Issues that are important to them, that other white people are responding to, and empathising with, and saying are really important. And when I went up with test talks, it was it was. I mean, Islamophobia has been topical for a better part of a decade now. It's not a new. It's not. It's not been topical this year. Uh, and I was talking about it in a, what I thought was quite a unique way because I was. It was a. It was a mock conversion class. So everyone who came. Angle. Everyone who came in and and the review was the show was ridiculously well reviewed. Like is I I couldn't have asked for a better in terms of all of that I couldn't have asked for a better fringe if anything I might have toned it down because I would have thought it's a slight exaggeration it was so good and then I just didn't get that just that cherry on top didn't come at the end and I just I don't know I just felt like I deserved it but I didn't it didn't happen and then the each year I put less emphasis on it um to the point that I'm now going well look at the shows that have been nominated and have won over the recent years and they've been great and I've seen I've seen, um, Hannah's show which is great and I saw Richard's show which is great I am like, not, I can't do this flagellation that they've done in their shows to win an award I won't do it I can't do it so if that's and if that's what we... it take if that's what they want now then fine that's not it's not something that I'm going to aspire to
0: okay what there's sorts... a lot to unpack there what sorts of things, thank you, you took the words out of my mouth, <laughs> what sorts of things do your management say to you when they are trying to, or your friends say to you, when they're trying to disavow you of that kind of sentiment?
1: Um, of which, 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 which particular? Specifically your
0: lot. focus on the awards and your, your feeling that you should. Yeah, I mean, they say,
1: yeah, they're, they're very, very good at keeping me grounded in that there's, you're not entitled to anything, which is true. Um, and that also the success that I've had, which is particularly on the back of my debut show, is has been so so good. Like, because well, what you go to Edinburgh for, if, if if you if you're in it to break through, is work afterwards, particularly TV and radio work, which I've had in abundance since 2015. So. That's what should be my focus, not this yeah, thing. Yeah, people that you do. want to win in yeah. order to get the stuff that you've yeah. got anyway. Which or, or get nominated? Yeah, because for me, winning really wasn't the thing. Being nominated was the thing. Being in the conversation would have been the thing. Um, but I had I had all of that without it. But I think my slight, I think the reason why I still hung onto it at the back of my head is because of I do genuinely have a sense of injustice towards acts of colour and that's this isn't only about me it's it's about wider than me because I looked back at the um the judges um I think they have 10 judges every year on the panel and as far as as I started looking and then I got intrigued and I looked all the way back to when it first started because they're all on the website and honestly before last year, there was one last year, but before last year, I couldn't recognise a single person of colour on the judging panel of the award for f- 35 years, however long it's been going. Which I think is astonishing. And it's, mm. and it's an oversight that no one, to my knowledge, has ever brought up. Because yeah. they talk about Oscar so light and, and absolutely. stuff. And, and, yeah, absolutely. and people bring that up, and, and rightly so, and people in this country are really like, oh yeah, yeah, you know that's wrong, and something should be done to address that. And it seems to me there's a blind spot in this country towards I, racism. I absolutely
0: agree with you, yeah.
1: And that is one of them. And I thought, why is no... And, I, and, I've, all, and I've wanted to bring it up for a couple of years now, but I've always got... I, I also don't want to burn my bridges with it. Sure. But I've got to the point where now I don't care.
0: Yeah. And I, I suppose... i will post-it now. One of the first thing. I mean, absolutely, I'm I am surprised and dismayed to agree with you. Um, like I'm, su- I'm surprised and dismayed I haven't noticed that, but I think part of why I haven't noticed that is that I try to I, I, I kind of Im- I try to maintain a healthy distance from imagining that they mean anything, not just yes. awards meaning anything, but specifically the inverted commas Edinburgh Comedy mm. Award, which is no more official. Because it is not a government body. Mm. It is not yeah, it's, it's, a... You it's, know what it's, I mean? it's one person exactly. going, And running this thing, and it's It's a private enterprise. It's a private... That is exactly the phrase for it. It's a private enterprise. But... And, and that's not to denigrate it. Even private enterprises should have oversight. And although I, have, I try to stay out of it to the extent that I can never tell you who the nominees are. I know some comics are kind of like... Uh, Almost like football pundits. Or, yeah, yeah. Oh well, of course that was that was, uh, that was <laughs> 2007 bit, show. Do you know what I mean? A, they just they're a bit of rain man about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, lots of people are, and I'm absolutely not. I, I couldn't even tell you whether or not you got nominated. <laughs> You'll be pleased or yeah. dismayed to know. Um, I do think that that is a really good point that needs addressed. That, and
1: I just want to be clear: like I, 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 I wasn't entitled to the award. I wasn't entitled to be nominated, but I do. I'm criticizing myself, I do have a slight chip on my shoulder, but it just based on my background and what I had to go through to get there.
0: Okay, let's talk about this in depth then. So I, I agree with you that you are you're kind of like a whatever it is, a quintuple threat. You're kind of non-white, working class, Muslim, uh you know, all of the all of those things mm. you suggested. Plus you were doing material that is that is provocative, that is intelligent, that's well researched, very funny. As you said, and well-reviewed. Well, and well-reviewed. So, so, subjectively. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, at the same time, of course, you're right. You're not entitled no. to it. And, and I understand that. And yeah. you you are in danger, I suspect, of sounding to a critic that you are that you seem entitled mm. to it because mm. no-one's not getting entitled no, to it. No, no. And every time we go up and every time there are nominations and awards of any sort, in any kind of media, you all you need to do is remind yourself of the other shows that were... Uh, nominable whatever the <coughs> word is eligible mm. and the other brilliant shows you've seen that were eligible but weren't and I, the way I deal with it myself and of course we all kind of we all want a big pat on the back and, a, and of course it would open doors um, industrially but I always think to myself oh, oh am I saying I'm better than John Luke Roberts because I'm not exactly. better than John Luke Roberts do you know what I mean so yeah, all, all yeah. that like that particular show his show mm. about his dad was one of the best things I've ever seen didn't get a sniff so I suppose there are lots of different you were about to say something
1: I was going to say that there's a lot of shows that I've seen over years that haven't been nominated that I think have been overlooked and there's a middle class white acts, so you know it's not as not it's not as yes. simple it's not as simple as sure. oh theres there's racists. it's not sure. it's, it's not as black and white as that and, pal- and, pal- and pal- i think minutes.
0: it's I think it's fair to say that on the other side of the coin there will be lots of middle class white acts going. Holy shit! Like from the point of view of a middle-class white act, there are simply so many of us mm, that it's impossible mm, for mm, us to get a look mm, in. Mm, that must mm, sound ridiculous mm, to someone on the other side of mm, that, mm, that mm, fence. Yeah, no, all you guys do is win. Yeah, not me. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah, not yeah, the yeah. other people who are playing that. So it is. At the same time, I'm not saying that's the same as being in a situation where you go. I've, I have recognised an unspoken endemic uh, preference. Mm. Amongst the, the judges, mm. do you think what's the solution? Is it what's what's the solution? I mean, the, the solution
1: is to have a more a more racially diverse judging panel. But then, a, but then you look backwards and you think, where does that judging panel derive from? And it derives from TV, radio, print, um and then some competition winners. I don't, I don't know, I'm not sure about the selection of those. And then in those areas, there's a dearth, there's, there's a dearth in representation, racial representation, and so there's, it's a, it's a, it's a problem that needs fixing up from the bottom. So it's not it's not it's not their fault necessarily that they haven't been that diverse because the pool that they pick from hasn't been that diverse. So it's a it's an it's a bigger problem than the awards. I'm
0: just being quiet to see if you'd say anything no. else about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I. Yeah, I absolutely, I absolutely agree. No, that's not to say that
1: white judges can't look at a person of colour show and think, "Oh my god, that really speaks to me and stuff." I just think it doesn't seem to have done over the last decade. Um, yeah, because I, I think I look at some, of, I look at some of the shows that have been nominated. some of the really personable shows talking about. Issues that affect people, such as feminism, mental health, um, gay rights, or, um, all these things. And I think these are really, really important issues. But so are some of the things that people of colour are talking about. Their shows are really, really funny. Why aren't they being revealed in the same way?
0: Are there particular shows besides your own that are by non-white comics that you think... Like, were, were there years where you were individually outraged going... Why did
1: this not get seen? Why did this not get Um I mean it doesn't it, me saying this now is almost gonna be ridiculously ridiculous and it obviously does not matter at all. But Trevor Noah not getting nominated in two thousand eleven was fucking insane. Um particularly why his show what his debut show was about. Um I think a couple of Dane's last shows were very, very unfortunate to have not been nominated, given his um how funny he is, and some of the stuff he was talking about, and there are one or two things that are just off the top of my head. Oh, it also doesn't matter now, but I remember in 2013 the best show that I saw in 2013 was Nish Kumar's show, which was Ruminations on the subject of the
0: nature, subjectivity.
1: On the nature of subjectivity, which I thought was just phenomenal, um, and it didn't get nominated. And I suspect one of the reasons was because Ramesh got nominated. And it was that thing where you can't you, know, you can't have two women. You can't. You got Ramesh, so obviously it was Ramesh or Nish. This is it was Bridget or someone else. So it was Josie or someone else. You know, it was yeah. It was, it was like it was Ramesh or Nish. It couldn't have been Ramesh and Nish. And I, ro- I love Ramesh. Ramesh's show sure, was great, but Nish's show sure, was amazing. And I remember that was I think that was the first time it occurred to me that was the first it was two, yeah twenty thirteen that I went why wasn't why wasn't it and Nish why was Nish nominated as well. And maybe that's not what... I'm sure that's not what happened. They did not sit there going, right, we've rummished, so no other acts of colour need to be considered. That's not what happened.
0: But you could see... I know see, that. You could see how decisions people aren't even aware... That yeah, they're making. there's a subconscious yeah. bias. Yeah,
1: yeah. Or oh, an unconscious so unconscious bias is the term. Um, that happened, and, and these aren't, these aren't, these aren't the malicious. These aren't malicious choices. Um, people shouldn't be dragged about this but it's just something that needs to be addressed and unconscious bias is a thing that needs to be addressed because you're unconscious about it
0: I have unconscious biases So this is Tez. Now, I'm going to mention straight at the top. There is 20 minutes of extra content from this episode available to members. What's a member? I'll explain in the post um, But we're going to go into Tez exploring why his childhood friends don't go to his shows, uh, what it's like to be his term, Asian famous, and how he acknowledges his own unconscious bias. There's some really interesting stuff in here. Uh, We are going to get into some fascinating stuff any minute now. A bit of background for those people that don't know. At the Edinburgh Festival, which is the largest open access arts festival in the world, and consequently the largest comedy festival in the world, uh, there are numerous awards for comedy and comedians, and some of the best known are... Well, they were formerly named after their sponsors, but they're currently called the Edinburgh Comedy Awards, and they are extraordinarily important to some comedians, to some of the comedy industry... Um, you know the official policy of this show on awards, but I'm uh, I'm just letting you know that bit of background because we're going to talk about something that I think is pretty important. That's all coming up in a moment. Um, now, just to remind you, Tez's DVD taping is on May the seventh at the Southbank Centre on the Thames. Uh, And I've seen that show. It is called uh, Testify. And it is genuinely brilliant. And to to hear from him at the beginning of this interview, that section that he did about that awful leaflet that got posted through uh, lots of people's doors in Muslim communities in the UK. And then to find out that was recent and he opened with this amazing powerhouse bit about it. He's just absolutely going places. So do yourself a favour and then you can you can say you were there at his first DVD record. Um, we'll go back into the show in just a moment. I'll explain what a member is, as I said, in the postamble. amble um, For now, though, my own tour uh, is available. All the information is available from comedianscomedian.com slash tour, and I am going to a bunch of places. The next ones coming up are the South Street Arts Centre in Reading, then I'm at the Corsham Pound Arts Centre, and then the Hen and Chickens in Bristol, which is fantastic, uh, the Rondo in Bath, Epic Studios in Norwich, Royal and Derngate in Northampton, Warwick Arts Centre, not in Warwick, uh, Henry Tudor House in Shrewsbury, Swindon Arts Centre, Farnham Maltings and the West End Centre in Aldershot. And then even more places in June. And nope, none in July. Then just a bunch of places in June. So get along to comedianscomedian.com forward slash tour to find out uh, where I'm going to be near you and when and come along and see me. A couple of things to chat about afterwards. But for now, thank you for all your donations so far. Those of you in particular who have recently set up recurring donations or have been doing that either through Patreon, Moonclerk or PayPal for some time, uh, things are about to get interesting. So uh, if you would like to join them, go to comedianscomedian.com slash donate and you can find out exactly how interesting things are going to get. So thanks for sharing the show and supporting it as you have been. You can email me any questions or suggestions for guests, info at comedianscomedian.com. And I am starting to think about what I'm going to do in Edinburgh this year. It's going to be a big Edinburgh for me this year. My 25th year, I'm doing a 250 seater at 2.50 in the afternoon. (laughs) And two of those things are coincidental. But um, I'm expecting to have a big, big year with with, uh, wife and toddler in tow as well. Not in tow, doing their own thing. I'll be in tow of them. But um, uh, what I'm saying is I am going to have to be really clever with my time this year to try and get a bunch of shows together, uh, a bunch of episodes in the can, whilst not having all that much free time. I've got a big room to fill, so I'm going to be doing lots of extra spots. If you're someone that books those in Edinburgh and pays, get in touch. But um, uh, what I need is a load of pre-work for the Edinburgh Festival so that I can make sure I nail down what, 10, 12 shows, go and see them, pod them up, get them in the can because um, uh, I need to, uh, to earn myself some, some money uh, in order to get some paternity leave. Anyway, okay, back to Tez and I'll speak to you after this bit.
1: Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side?
0: Okay. Um, so
1: that came from a real life situation about three or four years ago where I was sat in Nando's and I was eating my I think I had a half a chicken and I was just looking around the restaurant and it's a chicken restaurant and, and there's so many chickens on everyone's on, on everyone's meals and I just thought to myself and then I think I think we had a wings platter. There were a platter of wings as well on the on the table that I was sharing with my friends. I think there might be twelve wings. So I was like, "Oh God, that's six birds." And I've got this half a chicken here, and that's this is another bird, and that's and was coming up. And I was just thinking, this is a lot of this is a lot of chickens that is, that are just being eaten in 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 this snapshot that I can see right now, and then and then extrapolated a bit like I did in the show. Sure, and I okay. went, okay, so how many chickens would that be in a? Day then, and I just I kind of plucked to figure out there. I going, maybe five hundred, um, and then I went well that's one Nando's, and that's open three hundred fifty days of the year. So that's I think I got my calculator. I that's that many. That's just one Nando's though, and then you multiply that by all the Nando's, and then that's you're on hundreds of of chickens, and you're going No, you're on millions by then, just Nando's, and then you're going oh shit. There's KFC. There's all those chicken shops that you see on every corner. There's all the restaurants that sell chicken, there's all the takeaways that sorry, uh, all the yeah, takers and all the and all the and all the supermarkets that sell chicken that you cook at home, and that then that's just one country. And then there's 195 countries in the world. And then and then eggs. And I thought, fuck them. The chickens that we're not eating because they're laying eggs, and eggs are in everything. And then and, and I ended up extrapolating it, and I thought, and, I, and then I got into the billions, and I went, that can't be, that can't be right, because that's is ridiculous. I must, I've, I've missed, I've missed step something here and then I googled it and it, it, yeah there there are at any one time there are about 20 billion chickens in the world and we slaughter about 60 billion a year it's fucking it's, it's mad
0: i really as a bit what i loved about it was your it, the, it kind of it let the sort of goofy part of your personality yes. come out yes. after some pretty heavy stuff about bombs and nukes yeah. you know that it, it it really it showed a different pardon the expression, flavour of what you do um, and throughout it I was kind of confident, well no, I don't know if I was, I was thinking is this just a kind of five minute goofy bit about chickens? By the end there's that kind of sting about where do mm. we keep them mm. and then by the end of the show I was I was enjoying, not to give anything away, but I was enjoying an element of the end of the show whereby mm. I was like, well I- I bet this is going to come back. And then it yeah, yeah, did. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, you know yeah, clearly that's part yeah. of the writing is allowing the clever kids in the yeah, audience yeah, to pat yeah, themselves yeah, on the yeah, back, yeah, naturally. Yeah. So let's talk about the decision. Let's talk about some of the editing decisions of, of the show. What kind of stuff did you write for this show and then discard?
1: Um, so there's a 10-minute chunk that was in the Edinburgh show that I cut from this show because it, it made it too flabby. And in Edinburgh, there was always kind of a lull in the show and it's usually on that bit so, I spoke at the beginning about, in this show, I wanted to talk about uh, being Muslim, Asian, left-wing, uh, working class, and Northern. And the left-wing bit, so the political element of it, got most of that got stripped out of this show. Mm-hmm. Because it was me talking about Brexit, it was me talking about left-wing liberals and our hypocrisy, when we tap everything on an iPhone, which has been made by iSlaves. Um... And, and then talking about... Um, and then I had another bit that talked about science um, and how I hate the term... Cause someone, said, someone generally said to me once, um, I thought, I don't believe in religion, I really believe in science. When science is a unit of measurement it's not a belief system. Um, and that, so I had, this, I had this bit about that. Um, and just those bits didn't... I liked them individually. They just didn't quite work in the show and they made the show a little bit too flabby. Why did they not work in the show? I don't, I'm not sure. sure. I think it got to the, I think I think part of it was because, because you remember we talked about the structure and how the McDonald's story works as a as a bit that keeps coming mm. in and out of. In Edinburgh, that bit came right at the end. And so I promised this, there's this VT at the top talking about Islamophobia and stuff, and I'd promised this stuff, and, non, and I hadn't talked about it. So constantly, people so people are having to watch that, and then and be forty minutes in, forty five minutes in, and I still haven't brought up what what I promised to bring up, which is sure. the thing you're talking about. Sure. Um, and then I'm talking about, uh, and then I'm then I'm really like lashing liberals, who is the majority of the audience. Yes. Like, for their hypocr- yes. For their hypocrisy, I mean, I, and and I identifying as one well as well. So so it's always we. Yeah. But it's not. Looking back, it's not. Like, I saw Finn do, do it really nicely in his show, Finn Taylor. Yes. Um, do it really, really well in his show. And I thought, oh, yeah, that's slightly better way to have done it than what I did.
0: Is it the limitations of your persona, do you I think? think? Possibly. Like, yeah. it's. It, you'd be castigating us, and I don't know if your voice. I don't know if I want to be yeah, castigated yeah. by yeah, you, yeah, do you know what I mean? Maybe, given yeah, given your warmth and that kind yeah, of. maybe. The position you it was, take.
1: Maybe it, it was a gear change. Yes. Um, in my persona, rather than in material, yes, um, and I think that didn't quite work. And then the Brexit, the Brexit bit, I really liked, but it got—I had one guy walk out on it at one in, uh, in one of the shows, and he got described by a viewer as unnecessarily cruel. I I really like it. I do. What was it. the what was
0: the bit? So the bit is I talk about how I and the bit presumably. Sorry, just to interrupt, is, is consigned to history now because. No, I mean I still do it sometimes. Okay, I see. Yeah, yeah.
1: So I might I might do it. So when I go on tour, I come out in the first half, support act break, second half. So I might mm-hmm. do it in the first half, uh, maybe. Okay. Uh, but the bit the bit is, um, so I do so so I do this bit where I take the piss out of right wingers, and then I say, I don't think actually it's not that helpful. Actually, I don't think for the discourse it's helpful to treat people like that or to suggest that they're all stupid because. Um, I was having a conversation with a guy that I overheard that I didn't know a couple of years ago during the time of the referendum say he was voting to leave only because he hated immigration. I know people who vote to leave by their own reasons but that was his reason. And I got into it with him and I look back now and I think I did nothing to help the cause. I was arrogant. I was patronising. If anything, I probably reinforced his views to vote the way he wanted to vote. I don't know the guy. I don't know what he's been through. I don't know what life journey he's been on to make him vote the way he wants to vote. I took no time to try and understand that. Maybe, looking back, maybe that guy just needed a different perspective. Because God forbid, God forbid, but imagine this guy got cancer. God forbid but it could happen. And ironically, the doctor that treats him, the doctor that refers him to hospital is Indian. Uh, the nurse, uh, sorry, the receptionist that books his appointment is Australian. Um, his medical oncologist is French. His radiographer is Nigerian. The nurses that look after him in hospital are a mixture of Filipino, Polish, British women. The, nurse, the, 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 uh, the pharmacist that dispenses the medication of the young British Muslim girl with a hijab. And maybe after going on this journey through our NHS, maybe his cold, cold heart will begin to melt as he realises the benefits of immigration, the benefits of a multicultural society. And I just wish genuinely from the bottom of my heart, I just really, really wish that on the day of his operation that his Romanian surgeon gets deported. <laughs> and then after the laugh, I say, and then he dies Guys, he dies because um, you get what you vote for, um, and I really like it. It works. It works. Uh, but Have you got a walk out. Yeah, I had a, a walk out. Um, a loud walk out. A funky no, walkout? walk out. No, no, just, just a, a quiet, just not a for quiet. Me. And I'm, you know what? I respected it. It was a dignified sort of, not for me. And you didn't say it, but that's obviously clearly what it was implied. And he just walked out. And he was also sat at the end of a row, which was convenient, so he wasn't shuffling past people for thirty seconds. (laughs) I might not like this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, Well, does that suggest, or does that does that that opens a window to talk about whether or not you're preaching to the converted?
1: Yeah, I am. I am conscious about that. But what I will say is, preaching to the not converted is hard. Last year, my my debut. Yeah, sport. even even preachers preach to the converted. Yeah, exactly. That is, yeah, they don't. Yeah, um, otherwise you're you're a nutter in in, in Hyde Park, uh, in Speakers Corner. Um, I, last year on my on my debut tour, I was going around all over the place. I was in, I was in Borden. Apologies to anyone from Borden, but I don't need to go to I don't need to be going to Borden. I
0: don't think I've ever heard of Borden.
1: Um, it's near it's near Portsmouth. Blessed oh, okay. blessed soul. Um,
0: and I was, I was going to
1: Maidenhead and and all these places and, and just this and, and I was having quite and you saw the show in Edinburgh. Mm-hmm. It's quite a fun sh- uh, last year's show. Sorry, it was quite a fun show. I was just, I just having these really tough gigs. And I just thought to myself to see, I thought, yeah, I should and I shouldn't only play to the converted, but at the same time, I'm like, it's hard. I'm, I'm, I'm first and foremost, I'm a performer. I'm a comedian. I want to have a good time on stage. I want to feel good about my job. night after night of going out in front of crowds who don't necessarily who have come out to watch who've taken a chance and it's that one night out in the month or one night out in the week and they come out to watch comedy they have not come out to watch this
0: it's yeah i found it it's interesting if i think of if i think of people who are trying to convert i think of rob newman or mark thomas mm. you know doing political or sort of environmental work that is about trying to actually change people's minds and although they're successful they're not they're not rich and famous. Yes, yeah, not commercially. Commercially successful. Yeah. So it, obviously there's the element of entertainment wanting to have a happy life. Is there an element to you of your ambition? Mm. Like that would be a different mm. career mm. path for mm. you, right? I if do. You go, be... Do you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna change people's hearts and minds. That's a different career path. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and that's you're
0: you not know, getting I've, on I've, the I've, Apollo I've, with I've that. Done that. I've
1: done a TEDx talk, I've done, you know, I've done I've done other things, but and stand up, I wanna be commercially successful. And then if slash when I get opportunities to do other things, I would do them as well. But I don't feel like I need to go and do stand
0: up in Cornwall. <laughs> it took me a minute just to hear that word in Cornwall. There's nothing I've got nothing against Cornwall. Uh, same. I will go on to holiday there
1: one day. Um but it's just yeah, I just I I w I wanna go to big urban cities and towns where I know I'll have a good time. And if and when I get to the point where I'm commercially successful enough that I can draw a crowd of people that, will, that want to come and watch me because they know who I am, then I'll go to these places. But I don't want to go there and almost impose myself on people who want to watch a night of comedy because they're taking a chance on on, 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 on some bloke who's got some good credits. Are you happy? Yeah, man, I think so. I am um, suggest I'm not, uh, but no, I, 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 am. There's always, there's always, there's always an element of, oh, I wish this, I wish that, or oh, why, why has this person got that? Why has that person got that? But I think about my trajectory of the last three or four years, and
0: yeah, and is your happiness work oriented? Like you are ambitious, and I'm often interested in the, I'm interested in the the root of ambition. Like, will there be enough? Ever? Oh,
1: yeah. Sorry, uh, no, 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 no. I, 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 I've had this conversation with friends that I think the most underrated thing in the world is contentment, and I would love to be content. God, that would be because you've won, right? If you're content, you've won. Whatever that means to you, whether whether whether, whether it's just because you've got a roof over your head. Or whether because you've achieved something in, in work or whatever. If you're content, you've won. And I don't think I'll ever be content. I, or I haven't been so far. If I do, that that's that's the aim, is to be content. I don't know if it's
0: who I am. God, that's a dead sentence, isn't it? I know. Can you can you imagine a world in which you're content? Like is, would it, yeah, would, it, would might... it need would it need a, a, an amount of career success to make you content or would it need a, a shift in the way you see happiness? Like I think, it... I think I think I think the latter because with the first
1: I'm chasing the dragon a bit. Because I might get that with the Apollo, but I want that Netflix special. I might get the Netflix special but I need another one now. I might get a second one. I'll, but now I want a sitcom. Got a sitcom. Or oh, what about where's my US break? There's always something. I mean, why is Michael McIntyre still working? There's always something. So I just, I just I don't feel work work I don't think will give me that. So I think what I might find it in is love, or religion, my religion, um, and family. I think those and, and the first one the third one are linked, I guess. Um, I think that's where I'd find it.
0: And how is your, how does your religion affect or inspire your creativity?
1: Well, I talk, obviously I talk about being Muslim. I think it's more the political aspect of being religious is what I focus my work on
0: Mm -hmm.
1: rather than the um, orthodoxy of it um, rather than what it is. It's, It's about more about what it means to be Muslim rather than, this is what Islam is. Um But it does it does hold me back in, in certain things of i i I not I I I'm not that crude. I know there's a, there was a little been in, in yesterday's show about you know the um shaping my bits and stuff, but um
0: Which is the first I'd ever heard of that. Yeah, that's right,
1: it's a it's a thing. Um but that's also a place of actually I'm also also telling someone about my religion, which is a thing that people don't know about. It's an mm-hmm. obscure thing that people think has come from porn. It's like no, we've been doing this, we, we, we've been manscaping and femscaping for about fourteen hundred years now. Um, but yeah, so I, I'm, I try not to be very blue. I try and curb that as much as possible. Um, and I try and talk about things that I care about.
0: I meant, that's a good answer, but I meant specifically in terms of your faith and the ways in which it... I, I, I'm, I had this conversation a little bit with Ola. Mm. Whereby my take on faith is, I'd love to be religious. It just seems like great software. Do you know what I mean? Seems yeah. like a recipe for a happy life. I just don't believe. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, and I'm I'm often envious of people who have a faith because it yes, just seems a, like a better way to live your life. It's, it's, it's,
1: it's, it's oh, Richard Dawkins there. Um, <laughs> um, it's, yeah, it's, next it's, to it's, the Terry Pratchett. There's yes, a
0: certain. <laughs> amount of yes, fiction
1: But I um I, see, I'm the opposite. I can't not believe. Like, I look at the world and I think, and I look at the universe, and and you know, I, I did biochemistry at university. That was uh, that was my bachelor's. And I can't, I can't not, I can't, I can't see the world. Does not make, doesn't make sense to me without there having been God, or if not, if not the God that I believe in, then something, some overarching supreme thing that oversaw it all I don't, it doesn't make sense to me
0: well, there's a certain amount of wriggle room in that though isn't there like if not the god I believe well no it's,
1: it's just I'm, I'm just being like I, 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 I you know I believe but also my religion teaches you to be um, to question and uh, to be intellectually driven which is which is which is we we are really bad PR um, in, in the 21st century but um, but yeah it, it just that's just me being generous to other people's views
0: sure so you are you are confident that your one is the right one, yeah, but also
1: it's faith, like but I also know I don't have proof I don't have what Richard Dawkins needs uh, sure. to, to 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 believe, or um you know what I find really fascinating do you ever watch Russell brand's conversations they, they often go viral on on Facebook and stuff like yeah, that it's fascinating conversation because he's... I don't think he believes in like the Abrahamic God, but he's very spiritual. thinking he he believes in sure. higher power. I've seen him. And thing. he had these fascinating conversations with people like Professor Brian Cox and, and other people and and Brian and, and he was and he put this thing to Brian Cox saying you know, talk to him about he didn't say any of these words, but he talked to me about atheism and Brian Cox was like, I've never described myself, I would never describe myself as an atheist, I just I don't know mm-hmm. is the question. And and the truth is, I don't know, but I have but I believe. That's why they call it faith, um, and it is, it is a source of strength. And in particularly when I look at my family, and they're a lot more religiously conservative than I am, uh, and to me they look, at least from the outside, they look more content than I am. And that's that's it's really really nice to look at. And, and having moved back to Blackburn last year, it's, it's really really nice to be part of that again. Or at least see a close up.
0: What's happening next
1: year? Um, I'm working on a um, sitcom for Channel 4, which I referenced last night. You did? Um, you had enough
0: currency this. that that didn't come off as smug. You're yeah. all right, You're, you stayed within the bounds. <laughs>
1: um, I, I, I think I initially brought them up because I was noted that by the Channel 4 Muslim documentary that was on yesterday Monday. That yes, was the yes. initial reason Yeah, I absolutely.
0: Up. You, yeah, that yeah, was yeah, the yeah. initial
1: reason I brought them up. <laughs> um, which I wasn't too much to do before going on. But I was like, you know what, fuck it. Um, they'll, they'll respect that. Yeah. Um, so, and, and that's not think It's a thing we work on. And you know, when you work on things, it, it, of course. it's still it's, it's far away from anything. But actually, that would be your make. own project. Yes. Exactly. yes. Yes. That's, that's me writing a thing for them. Um um, doing mock the week again, which would be nice, um, and a couple of a couple of other things that you you know obviously when you're a comedian you, you work on things that might not go anywhere that you can't talk about, so you have to just be a bit big and working on things. Um, no Edinburgh this summer.
0: No Edinburgh.
1: no I've been three in a row, and I feel like I feel like I need time off because I feel yeah. like I look I look at last year's testify the show, and I think it's good now. Like I'm happy with the show is what it needs to be now, but I didn't quite have it ready for Edinburgh, and that's because I didn't have enough time.
0: Yes, I think so might... no Edinburgh this year, but writing towards Edinburgh twenty fourteen. Yes,
1: so I am doing Camden Fringe this summer. Okay, um, so I've got I've booked three dates there, uh, and hopefully the end of that will give me a foundation from which to build on for next yes. year. Yes,
0: Christ, take a year off Edinburgh, you've still got to do Edinburgh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was I was in, I was sharing dressing with James Acaster, who's on straight after me at the Soho Theatre this week, and he's just he's just dropped four Netflix specials this week, and he's doing a work in progress show. So inspiring mm-hmm. and frustrating, but it's just yeah, it's mad. Um, so I feel like you know if he if he he, he he's, he's his work ethic is I mean he's he's one of my favorite comics, but also his work ethic is a real inspiration.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's definitely up there with the uh oh, you make me want to work harder and give up yes. kind of crowd. Yeah, yeah, Bamford as well, Marie yeah. Bamford.
1: Oh yeah, people have been raving about the show, but I've, uh, I think I'm gonna try and catch a Netflix special. I think I made a promise to myself, uh, one of my resolutions this year was to watch a, 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 a comedians Netflix special a month, one a month. Yep. Um, but then I watched two in January, two, both of Chappelle's.
0: Um, <laughs> that doesn't was, count, you're yeah, not broadening your yeah, horizons.
1: Yeah, that was one. And, I, and I, watched, I watched Chelsea Peretti. Yes. It was very, very funny. Is that one of the uh, greats?
0: Yes, S- simply one of the best pieces of branding I've ever heard I, yeah. of. And calling your special one of the great It's a legitimate joke, her, yeah. and also yeah. now your Google yeah. search is one of the it's
1: amazing. I, I, I love her in uh, in Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yes. She, she. I think she's not seen the bit culture in that, which is in a show that I love. Um, so I, I did. I did really enjoy that, and then I watched Chris Rock's special because you know Godfather, um, and I really, I really enjoyed it. And, and just watching, and just seeing Bo Burnham's name in the credits was astonishing Yes. To what a guy. What a cool guy.
0: What, what, he's, like 28? And a fascinating move on the part of rock to get Bo to direct his show. It was really fun seeing the different versions of you bubble out of that show, and it's very, it's really fun talking to you now and hearing you go. I'm a bit smug. I don't have you pegged as smug at all, but it is. You are so confident that I part of that confidence, I suppose, is an awareness that that confidence can be misconstrued. Yeah, I, but
1: you know what? I, I'm also so insecure. Which I'm not afraid to say, like I, 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 I just, I, I am. I'm, I'm so scared of failing. I'm so scared that no one's gonna to come to watch the show. I'm scared that this is the show when all these important people are in, and and it's not gonna go well. I have, I have all of that.
0: And yet, it doesn't turn
1: into nerves before the show. No. I think I've just eight, eight years of doing it, and just, just going. Well, you know the show. You're gonna deliver the show. How, it, how you deliver it. That, that's not gonna change. So then, how they feel is slightly out of your control
0: so let's talk then finally about the the long dark nights of the soul mm. the insecurity about mm. it what is the what what is one of the lows and how did you get out of it
1: you know what not, not missing out on that numb for Best Newcomer, was it felt like a real lore. like I cried that day. I met another, I'm not going to say the person's name, but I met another comic, fantastic comic, who missed out on Best Show that year, who'd had great reviews and, you know, just posted was a little bit stars. And we were sharing a dressing room because they were playing the venue next door to mine, or the room next door to mine. And we kind of just, we kind of just saw each other and just hugged each other and just we both shed a little tear. And they just, I just felt at that moment like just a, like everything I'd done was a was just because they because they came cause they came to my show right up until the last moment, and then they, for whatever reason they said no, nope, not Tez and these other seven people, and it just felt like like I'd let myself down, like I'd let with my people people had come, I was so looking forward. Like you know, like you think ahead about things that you haven't got. And I was looking forward to making the phone call to my mum and saying, oh my God, I've got this thing. And I know you don't fully understand it because you're not from this world, but it's such a big deal. And, and Freddie Flintoff was presenting the award that year. And <sighs> he, went to, he went to school. He went to school literally half a mile from where I live. So in my head, it the was like... The stars had aligned. In my oh, head, what perfect timing with in this my, guy. In my, yeah. Of course it's Freddie Flintoff this year because is the year album. you know, And all these things had aligned. And it just, just felt like a real gut punch. And I remember I went on stage that night, that that day, that e- that evening, I went back on stage and I had such a fun show. Um and then I, I just realized that's what that's what matters. Is how much the audience are enjoying what I've been doing. And actually, this is what matters, not the other thing. And of course and I know I still talk about it now, because it's still in the deep dark of my mind, it's still it's still there. And it probably will be forever. But yeah, just just performing that night and having. I think if I if I'd had a horrible show that night, I don't know what would have happened. But it was I had such a fun show that day. Like I had just this really wacky crowd in, and this this, this this guy hit on me. Um, this woman, this woman, I had this, I had this bit up where um, I had the word "Paki" on a on a on a PowerPoint slide, and this woman went. This woman was up and went... You're right, and she went. Oh, that's not how you spell Packy. and I went, what, <laughs> what? And I went, and she went, oh, no, it's P A C K I, isn't it? And I went, no, no, it's not. And she went, no, no, it, no, it is. And I went, what, 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 what are you, what are you doing? <laughs> like, come on, Are you? Did you? Did you just want to say Packy? Is that what, it, is that, is that what this conversation is like? It was. Just, it was such a. It was, it was such a mad audience that night, and it was so. Just took like in that hour, it just completely took me out of this thing that had happened to me two hours earlier, and I just had so much fun, and that, and that's what I remember. That I love performing more than sure the accolades are nice, and I'd like to make money, I'd like to buy my farmhouse in Lancashire and all those things, but I love performing. There's ne- I've never been as good at anything as I am at that, being on stage and having fun, and I do have fun. Because I talk about things I want to talk about in a way that I want to talk about. Thanks, mate. Thanks,
0: man. Thank you for having me. So that was Tez. Get yourself along to his show at the South Bank Centre on May the 7th. Check out his stuff online. I know you're going to be a fan of his, and it's so fascinating to hear someone so successful, still struggle with the bloody nomination issue. I mean, not the the wider issue that we talked about, and I'm sure that will become a thing that people talk about uh, now. I'm very grateful to, to Tez for risking that by talking about it. But also just that idea of how desperate people are to be nominated for a thing even when they're arguably moving past the point at which it's necessary it reminds me of um, Louisa Omulan that episode from a couple of years ago where she was doing her own incredible sellout tours and frustrated that she wasn't being booked on a for a 20-minute commercial club on a Friday night so really interesting to to hear people's take on that and I'm very grateful to Ted for opening up so I hope you check out his work um, I will say a quick thank you now to Nathan Wood for editing the show, for Tessa coming on the show and uh, for you two listening to it, supporting it and sharing it about the place and now there's going to be quite an interesting postamble where I launch a thing so if you would like to uh, bend your ears towards that then please do but technically that concludes the podcast OK, you still with me? I know not all of you are with me at this point um, because I've seen some interesting new analytics and I know that people drop off at the end. That's completely fine. If anything, I slightly prefer it because you're the hardcore. So let me tell you about membership. You will have noticed over the last couple of weeks, and if you're supporting via Patreon or if you're in the Facebook group, I've been trying to ask around thinking, what. I think I even mentioned this on the podcast, what can I do to help you? I want to try to get a sense of what other things I can do this is very post-South by Southwest, what are the things I can do to somehow add value to your life? So I've been asking around, I've been collating people's suggestions, and I feel like two of the things that people would like to get out of me, <laughs> actually, I don't quite want to phrase that, two of the ways I could be useful, lots of people want me to mentor them or offer feedback on their comedy shows somehow, far more than I could reasonably do, um... And people also just want to hang out and get to know me a bit outside of uh, the show. Those are two things that that come up often. And there's some other interesting things as well. Um, Now, the way in which I'm going to try to move towards some of those things is by creating, as I now have done, and I've been practising and playing with it for a little bit and a few people are are subscribed to it, there is now a private podcast feed, a separate secret RSS feed, a podcast feed if if you're less nerdy and technical even than me somehow Um, and that now exists and is available to members so if you would like to become a member of this podcast it's a bit like Jimmy Pardo's Players Club or any one of a number of versions of that Um, basically you can sign up for a recurring donation as ever via Patreon, PayPal or Moonclerk and from launch which will be by the time you hear this you get to sign up ...to this private podcast feed, and the sorts of things that are on it are things like all of the extra material from every show, so if you ever wanted that stuff but you couldn't get round to the, I admit, fiddly uh, email mailing list, unlocking secret code system, whatever, all of that stuff is now on the Patreon, we're doing a thing called You Interview Stew, where every, I don't know, probably not more than every month... Uh, somebody some of you a member can uh, apply to talk to me and we have an interesting Skype interview whereby you just get to ask me what you want and then we both record it at each end and then we put it out on the private podcast feed so other members get to hear it and enjoy it and maybe it'll inspire them to ask me other things and and maybe that that can help be part of a, a creative process like if you want to ask me my views on marketing your Edinburgh show that's fine if you want to ask me my views on Networking or board games or skydiving, which i 've never done. my point is <laughs> anything you want, we can have a bit of a chat about and um and then we release that to the podcast feed we 're doing a thing called comedy critique there 's got to be a better name for it than that, whereby someone sends in a new act, sends in five minutes of their show on video. I rip the audio, I put that on the podcast feed, we spend a week or two listening to it, and then offering um, there's there 's a link in the show notes on that one to um to a particular app like a workspace online which you join and then you can give feedback to that person and I will then repeat the audio for it the following week and uh, you'll get to hear the person's act and then hear mine and some curated bits of all of your other, the other members' feedback. So basically I'm trying to just put a lot of stuff out there that really benefits people who are as obsessed about this show and its, its uh, uh, obsessions as I am and I know some of you are as well. So um, so that's now a reality. Basically, we've got this private podcast feed and that is available to members. Now, there are tiered payments, two pounds, five pounds, ten pounds a month. But you don't get anything different based on the tiers. Now, this flies in the face of all the all the theory on it. Um, People say that I should be making sure that people who pay a tenner get way more stuff. But I don't like the idea of penalising people who can't afford it. So, again, like the original system. You just donate what you think is appropriate uh, from, those, from those options and you get the same stuff as everyone else. So it contains an element of the people who can afford it support the people who can't. But that's it. That's where I am now. That's that's This is the soft launch because not everyone list, downloads this and, and listens to it the day it comes out. Um, I have been gradually rolling it out to people who are already recurring payment people and uh, members, as they are now called. We've got to think of something to bloody call it as well. I can't keep saying members. It's awful. Um, but you can suggest that uh, if you like. And if you are someone who is already a member but doesn't yet know it, um, if I've not already been in touch, I will be within the next week as I continue to roll it out to everybody. So that's that. If you want your extras from Tez, join the private podcast feed. Uh, if you want the extras from all the other episodes or this, the opportunity to interview me or to connect with other super hardcore obsessive uh, fans of the show and uh, talk about other people's acts and sort of what I'm hoping that becomes is a sort of a like an, an unreview, like a genuine piece of constructive criticism from a small community of people. I'm really excited about this. I think it could be a lot of work. Anyway, a lot of work. <laughs> That's Freudian. I think it could be a lot of fun. Brackets. I'm terrified it'll be a lot of work, but I, I think we can do this in a really fun way. So there we go. If you want to be a member, any kind of recurring uh, donation via comedianscomedian.com slash donate. It'll eventually be slash members, but I haven't got round to that yet. It's very much a soft launch. Thank you to everyone for listening. Uh, Apologies if you were at a recent uh, headline gig that I did on a mixed bill in Tunbridge, uh, where the audience were barking mad. It was the first sunny day of the year. They'd all been drinking all day. (laughs) and Everyone kept chipping in to the extent that momentum was impossible. But uh, two people got in touch after the show. Uh, Hello, Clive. And hello, Dan. uh, To say how much they'd enjoyed it regardless. (laughs) I think probably they enjoyed me just struggling against the conditions. But... um, uh, that was very enjoyable. I was going to spend more time talking about that and the the, uh, the the situation there, but that's enough waffle from me. Lots of people won't know about this yet because they didn't listen to the post-amble. fools. So you're the uh, you're the, the the vanguard. So get stuck in. There we go. That's all for now. Speak to you soon.
1: Planning for your next trip.